Welcome back to Football on the 40. We decided to take a nice little bye week break following the heartbreak in Dallas. It was refreshing, and we are now ready to get back to business. In this episode, we will get into some mid-season check-ins to see if there are lingering overreactions following Texas OU. We'll preview the Texas-Houston game this Saturday and dive into the betting corner as well. I'm Jake Robinson, joined by Bowen Kai, Kevin Mathis, and Andrew Harris. Football on the 40 is produced by Hamilton Lizer. Let's get a check-in on bye week things. How did you all spend your weekend off, Kevin? You're up first. Laurel's out of town, so I didn't have a whole lot to do. I did a lot of chores and errands and mowed the grass. Um, Laurel's been trying to get me to take a passport photo for the last five months. And I got that out of the way. She was right. It only took five minutes. Um, I actually didn't watch a whole lot of football. Took a bye week myself. What about you guys? Andy, what'd you do? Wait, does this mean a future international trip is on the horizon? This yes. is a huge development, if this is true, guys. Yes, for a wedding. Not for pleasure. For a wedding. <laughs> I have a, a work buddy who's getting married in Mexico City, so... Um, had to do it. I actually might have to rush my passport to attend his wedding. I'm going to feel bad if I can't make it. Oh my so gosh. just chores. That's all you did all weekend. Well, <laughs> we'll, we'll keep it at that for the recording. Yes. <laughs> no fun. No fun, Kev. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Um, yeah, I had a chill weekend. Um, had some just different odds and ends I had to do this past weekend. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing too crazy. But Bo, I want to hear about your weekend. That's so cryptic. Beasley got his first haircut. That's <laughs> that's pretty. That's pretty. That's pretty. Yeah, I guess that's that's a huge one. Yeah, Beasley got his first haircut. That was that was very big. Uh, he did not cry. Miss Rachel really helped out there. So nice. Um, Shout out, Miss Rachel. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, on our side, we went to a pumpkin patch on Sunday. So that was a lot of fun. Theo's first pumpkin patch, Alfie's first pumpkin patch too, actually. Um, so that was cool. Got some nice photos with the fam. Um, and then on Saturday, didn't do too much. Had, had some friends over to meet Theo. And then, um, we did a pilgrim, our, sorry, P Costco is my happy place. And I did a pilgrimage to Costco Saturday afternoon. So that was nice. That was a good bi-week activity for sure. Jake, what about you? Nice. Yeah. Um, I mean, I live in Austin and uh, have never done three full days at ACL until this year. So Macy and I did ACL um, this weekend. It was a blast and, you know, saw, saw a bunch of great shows. Some of my favorites or some of our favorites, Maggie Rogers put on a great show. Um, Mumford and Sons always does a great job. Lumineers was really cool too. So had, had a blast though. Nice. Man. All right. That's that's good. That's a good little recap. Um, I didn't actually know most of that, so it's good to catch up. <laughs> but it's time to get to football. <laughs> so how are we feeling about the Horns? We are not going to recap the OU game. We're just going to pretend <laughs> that that didn't happen unless you want to talk about it. But we're not going to have a standalone segment at all during this episode. But how are you feeling? Therapy session. How are you feeling, Andy? So let's just set aside 10 minutes to go over the OU game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, obviously that wasn't 
the funnest game in the world losing the way that we did but i'm still pretty optimistic um about our schedule just our team in general i think everything that we have like our every goal that we have is still alive and so that's reason to be optimistic and i think our schedule you know allows us to have the opportunity to achieve that it's not a difficult big 12 um like years past so uh kev how are you feeling i'm disappointed i think going going back two weeks when we got together for the pre-ou podcast we had a, a quick segment where we talked about the prospect of becoming number one in the nation with a convincing win there and i think that that really was within our grasp so i was completely broken about the outcome of that game so much so that I was talking about potentially not even going to Texas OU next year which um, the only Texas OU game I've missed since 2012 is the COVID year so I took that really hard Um, I'm also bummed and I've, I've spared you guys of this take in our group text but I really don't like the stage of the Texas football season where we start talking about scenarios where our goals are still in reach. And I think that they are because we have a good team, but just that signal to me that, you know, we've lost a game or two and we're now talking about who has to win, who has to lose for us to make the big 12 championship just really is a bummer after having a real shot at being the best team in the country in the rankings. Um, But with what you said, Andrew, the way the conference is this year and the way that our team is looking i think from this point forward you know if we don't beat ourselves we can still have a great season so i'm trying to hold some optimism but i would be lying if i said i wasn't really disappointed i i do want to i i i want to push back a little bit on that kevin just because i i get it what you're talking about the scenarios that usually does be is a sign of impending doom but the reason, the only reason people are talking about scenarios is because everyone's not playing each other this year in the Big 12. Like, if you lose one game in conference, you went out, you're in no matter what in years past. So there literally would be no scenarios um, if it weren't for the conference expansion. But we'll 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 talk more about that in a minute. Just just the just the fact that that's part of the conversation makes yeah. me feel like, gosh, we've had so many years where like these scenarios just get less and less realistic, and we still talk about them. I know. I. I, I definitely agree with Kev. I, I hate this in-game planning when we're like Doctor Strange and the Marvel Cinematic Universe trying to think about all the potential outcomes to get to the Big 12 championship game. It's but, it's 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 sad. Yeah, we, but, we I lost mean, we lost a close game. It's yeah. With that being said though, I do feel optimistic about the horn. So I just I don't like, you know, not being in control of our destiny or whatever, but you know, if we had just won and taken care of business, that would have been better because we don't have to worry about it. But I, you know, outside of that, I am still optimistic about the rest of the season. I think, yeah, we lost a big nail biter, pretty pretty tough loss, but I'm I'm still feeling good about our about our chances this year. Jake, what what were you about to say? I don't know. I I mean, I I I think it's fair to be bummed about the loss for sure, and be like, okay, does this loss mean we're not as good as we think we are? And like, you know, analyzing and pushing that down the road, but we are still number eight in the country and we are in as good of 
uh, position as any one loss team in the country, actually probably better than any one loss team in the country. I mean, Alabama's looking good all of a sudden again, and they can't jump us. They, they like they, we already beat them. So it's just, I think, I think it's like a pause. Everyone take a deep breath and realize, okay, brought back down to earth, but everything's in front of us and there it's really not a freak out mo- uh, moment in my opinion. Yeah. All right, let's let's um let's kind of do our midseason check-in now. So kind of that gave us an indication of where each of us are with the horns right now, just briefly. But now let's kind of tie it into the rest of the season, where we've come and where we're going. So I'm gonna ask a few questions, kind of popcorn style, just jump around and and give me your takes. Um let's go with this one first. On a scale of one to ten, how confident are you that the horns will make the Big 12 championship game? Bo, you want to go first? Yeah, I think that's a good segue from the last segment. I mean, optimistic. I feel like, what is a number that's optimistic? I feel like 7.43. I'll take that, you know? Like, I, I'm feeling pretty pretty good. I mean, we don't control our destiny, whatever, so it probably can't be like 8 eight plus, but I'm liking it. I'm, I'm liking our odds. Andy, what about you? I, I like the preciseness of that number. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go six out of 10. And the reason why I say six out of 10 is because I, I don't know if y'all pay attention to this, but every time like a recruiting service figures out like where a commit is going to go to school, they always say six out of 10. Um, so unless it's like some unforeseen like circumstance that pops up, Whenever they say six out of ten, that's where the recruit's going to go. So essentially, it's a lot higher than six out of ten, but for the purposes of this, six out of ten, I, I feel very confident. There's a lot that can still happen for sure. I, I'm surprised here because I'm going to stick to the number that I had before I heard your two answers. My number was seven and a half, and I felt like that was going to be on the low end of. <laughs> between us four so i'm gonna i'm gonna stick to that i'm still optimistic but it's definitely not an eight or a nine for a good reason jake what are you at yeah and and so i i do feel like before i give my number i do want to we've kind of jumped around this whole scenario thing a few times already so i'm just gonna lay out there what we're talking about because everyone in the conference doesn't play each other there are weird tiebreaker scenarios that could come into play at the end of the season. If you have two one loss teams that don't play each other and it just gets really tricky. And so the people are saying, well, how can we not be controlling our own destiny? We lost once you went out, you play Oklahoma, right? Yeah. I'd say it's 95% chance that that's what would happen, but because we're only three or four games into conference, there are other teams that have only lost one game. So there are conceivable scenarios out there that like West Virginia or Oklahoma state winning out, doesn't seem likely, but so with that being said, my number is a seven, but just because there's more teams, um, there's more teams in the conference. So typically if you're a two loss big 12 team, you're going to be in the championship game. Most likely almost every single year. It's been like that this year. That's not necessarily the case. So if we drop one down the stretch, there's a good chance we're not in the the game. So I'm only saying I'm 70% confident that we're going to, that we're going to basically win out. Look at me. So optimistic kev still and i almost went down to five or six on that too because like 50 percent confidence in winning six games in a row i feel like that's pretty good even so okay um which remaining game worries you the most i Uh, will yeah go andy 
Uh, I will say Iowa State still, um, which is still very random, but they're playing very well. They only have one loss in conference, and I just think talent-wise, we should definitely beat them, but schematically, they've presented a lot of issues. It's going to be cold in Iowa late in the year. so We've been there. Yeah, we've, we've been there. We've been in this exact situation, so um, I'm going to say Iowa State, even though we should beat them. Interesting. Can I go next? My yeah, minor, it's popcorn. Just jump around. My, minor also road game slash road games. Uh, before the season started, I was worried about the purple teams. I think the TCU game could be challenging just because we're playing outside of Austin. But what re- the one that really concerns me is Texas Tech. I saw that that kick is already scheduled to be a night game, and uh, you know that's obviously really late in the regular season. I had a a little outburst with some Tech fans that just reminded me how angry they are at the state fair. <laughs> so tech it tech it dark could be could be scary. You know that game the is in Austin. Austin what? Okay. I should know <laughs> this. That's great. Okay. TCU. TCU. <laughs> the, the, the the Thanksgiving game has always been a home game since twenty twelve. That or... that's on me. That's on me. Hey. <laughs> TCU, the purple teams. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll I'll go next because because I I like that you said TCU and Tech because Tech was my my backup even though they're a home game but TCU is also mine so I'll just it, it just we just don't have a good record against them historically and that's just a nerve nerve uh, a nervy game for me yeah I'll I'll be there for that one too not to dwell too much but I'm gonna be at the TCU game randomly nice nice yeah yeah for me I mean beginning of the season and kind of earlier when this was mentioned, I I kept saying the Mormons at BYU, they don't look that great, but you know, to be consistent, I should probably still stay them. And you know, who knows, maybe it's a trap game or feel good coming out of a game with UH and then end of October hits and BYU just comes knocking. So I'm just, I'm, I think I've just talked myself into being worried about them. (laughs) Gotcha. Okay. Um, Y'all are going to love this question because you've already kind of said how much you hate this question. But going forward, what defines a successful season for Texas? I I can take this one first. I think it's the key is don't beat ourselves. The OU game went the way that it did. I think we beat ourselves. Um, That's me saying that I think our team is, is a great team with a lot of potential. So I don't think we have to. Um, trick anyone necessarily to have a great year but we can't have poor performances like that going forward and also staying healthy um, we got a little bit banged up in the last couple games uh, before this before this bye week so um, staying healthy is a part of that too uh, Bowen go next yeah I can go I Kevin I think the question though maybe I misread the question but I think it was like what would you what would you consider the season a success but oh Man, yeah, you want to you take another one? You know, take I another. just thought no, he no. was giving some coach speak answer there. Let, let me let me think about that one. Come back. So let's just me. not Come beat back. ourselves up. I didn't know. I didn't know we were talking about outcomes here. I'll take yeah, another no swing at it after you guys go. Yeah, that sounds good. I feel like, I feel like you know, we kept saying this is the year. I feel like a Big Twelve championship appearance appearance is the floor for me to define a successful season. I think a real one would be. 
um, success for me would be making the college football playoff and making plans to buy tickets to go see at least a semifinal game. That would be pretty sick to be able to book a hotel, say we're going with the boys, and you know, win or lose. I'd be pretty happy with that outcome. Andy, I've, I've what been, about you? I've been wrong already a couple times. Sorry to jump in, and I'll just risk it again. But isn't the Natty <laughs> in Houston this year? It is. So. The semi, yeah, the Natty's in Houston. I think the semifinals are in Atlanta Ro- in New Orleans. Is that right? No, New Orleans and um, the Rose Bowl. So, oh, sick! Oh my gosh! Yeah, both would be really cool venues. Um, yeah, yeah I looked at tickets earlier this evening. Just curious to see how much they were going for for the college football playoff final in Houston. Uh, over eight hundred and fifty dollars before fees. The cheapest. The cheapest. Oh, yeah. okay. So maybe, <laughs> uh, maybe a watch party at the range. <laughs> yeah. That seems more likely. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's crazy. We, but we would pay I'm that. All... We we would pay that though. Like, let's be honest. I would pay that. Yeah, that's, yeah. You're, you're a not lot. wrong. It's a lot. We would pay that. <laughs> we can uh... we can put it on put it on layaway. Put it on a payment plan. We'll make it happen. <laughs> um. But yeah, I um. Going forward, I'm kind of going off a of bow. I think making the Big 12 title game, if we do that, that's a successful season. And in my eyes, I think we're going to have to win out the rest of our games to do that. If we lose one game between now and the end of the regular season, um, I will consider that like not neither a success nor a failure, if that makes sense. Um, so like if we finish the season 10-2, and two, it's just kind of like a eh considering like how we beat in Bama where we are just as a team talent wise. Um, if we lose two more games down the stretch, I think that's a failure, even though before the season, I would have taken nine and three. For, for where we're at right now, looking forward, I would say successful season is probably having to win the big 12 championship. Cause we haven't done that since 09. And so just with the talent and the hype and the wins that we already have, I, I, I think it's almost winning the Big 12 championship is the only way that it's a uh, successful season, whether that's at 10 and two and winning it or 11 and one and winning it. Um, I, th- I think you got to win that game. So, yeah, my, my retake on this question is, is just that I think it's, we got to win, we got to win the conference championship, get there. And it's like a wash of a season, maybe like Andy said, like decent, but winning it's success. Okay. Um, we're going to do two more. We'll do them kind of quick here. <laughs> this is just a fun one. Uh, will Texas A&M fire Jimbo Fisher at the end of this season or before the end of the season? Uh, yes. Uh, not before the end of the season, at the end of the season. They will fire him. Yeah, I, I'm going to say yes, to. I saw some reports that donors will pay it out. And also, when you have years to scrape together the money like they have – it's a lot easier to find $75 million than when it's, oh, spur of the moment. Like, literally, this has been something they've been working for for years. So I'm saying yes, unless they went out, which isn't going to happen. Jimbo's cake is baked. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. I think that they'll, they'll finish the season okay, and I'm going to call the bluff that, you know, I know the Aggies have a lot of money, but I, I just don't see it. I don't think they want to be transitioning at that level the first year that Texas and OU are in the SEC. I I, I don't think it'll happen. 
Yeah, I'll say no too. I'm not super well read on this. Um, it's just so much money, and like the landscape's changing for sure. You know, I guess we'll have to see, like, if there's a coach on, you know, a super, super hot coach that, you know, they really want to go with. But, yeah, I'm going to say no. We will keep an eye on it. Last question. Who is your – who are your picks to make the college football playoff midseason? Um, Andy, you go first. Okay. So, I'm going to say Georgia, uh, Michigan – Oregon and Florida State. Wow. So I will not say Texas. I think that for, for me, I part of that is I don't want to get my hopes up too much. So I I picked Texas in the college football playoff before the season started. <laughs> so and <laughs> you know, where we are now is kind of where we expected to be with one loss. Just the loss is a little different. I think it's Georgia, um, Ohio State, not Michigan, Washington, not Oregon. And I'll just go ahead and be optimistic, Texas. <laughs> nice. But I but I did look at Florida State's last few games, and they have not a cakewalk. I think Duke's going to be tough this weekend for them, but um, their last few games aren't that difficult. Yeah, they need to get to one loss. If they get to one loss, I think Texas would jump them in that hypothetical scenario if they are both conference champions with one loss. Oh, and who do you think? Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't pay like super close attention elsewhere around the league as well, but I did see like Georgia lost um Blake Bowers. That's that's pretty huge, but they probably mm-hmm. still went out. Um so I'll just go Georgia, Washington, Michigan, and you know, we'll just we'll just throw a little a little Texas in there. See who see who uh see, says something about that. So that'll be mine. And mine are, um, I think Michigan runs away with it this year and goes undefeated regular season and the championship. Not runs away with the playoff, but gets to gets to uh thirteen and zero to start the playoff. Um, and then I actually think Georgia wins out, loses to Bama in the SEC championship, and doesn't make the playoff this year. So I'm going with Michigan, Bama, Texas, and Washington. Wow. Yeah. Because I know we don't love the scenario game, but just think about it. If Alabama Alabama's looking better lately, they went mm-hmm. out, they play Georgia. Just assume Texas is sitting there with one loss in a conference championship. What do you do with Georgia, Alabama, and Texas? You can't put all three in. And Georgia won't have a resume at all. Their schedule's trash. And so I think it's Alabama and Texas in that scenario. That would be wild. Interesting. <laughs> okay. Kind of buy uh, we're going to take kind of buy it. Yeah, we'll see. There's a lot of ifs, but we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we will preview the Houston game this weekend. Stay with us. It's officially spooky season, Longhorns, and it's time to find that perfect Halloween costume for the big weekend. Visit SpookySeason.com to browse all your costume favorites. This year, SpookySeason.com has special deals on popular costumes such as Sad Charlie Strong and Little Einstein Baby Tom Herman. SpookySeason.com, that's S-P-O-O-K-Y-S-Z-N.com. 
This Football on the 40 episode is brought to you by Hospitology. Hospitology is a weekly newsletter written by fellow Longhorn Blake Madden. It covers interesting, not boring stories at the intersection of business and healthcare, like why Amazon bought One Medical, and interesting health tech startups paving the way for the future of healthcare. If you want to get smarter on the crazy world of healthcare, subscribe to Hospitology today at workweek.com forward slash brand forward slash hospitology. And we're back. This Saturday's game is against the Houston Cougars. The game will be at 3 p.m. at TDECU Stadium in Houston. Interesting stadium name. Uh, the game is on Big Fox, and the weather looks really nice. It's going to be completely sunny and 84 in this afternoon game. The high is 84, so ranging between the upper 70s and low to mid 80s. Um, Kevin, was there anything interesting in Sark's press conference this week? I think so. It was as expected coming out of a bye week. Uh, about half of it was talking about the health of the team. And, um, you know, he didn't grade the team midseason, but he did get asked about offensive and defensive performance. I think the the headline is that he said all the players practiced on Monday, which is which is huge. He said that Cole Hudson was limited, but that everyone else who has been injured or was injured in the OU game practiced without limitation on Monday. So it's a great indicator of our recovery this week. Um, on offense, he he spoke a lot about being proud about our offensive efficiency and a little bit about red zone and goal line struggles. Our team hasn't been great in the red zone up to this point. It's been more than just the OU performance and struggles there. He said that uh, he's looking for the coaching staff to game plan a little bit differently for the red zone and have another look at their play calling in that area of the field, which is really him being self-critical because he's the play caller um, he 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 really didn't put too much of it on the players, which I think was a good move. Look, maybe a little bit of coach speak, but um, I was surprised that he talked that that positively about the offense with our obvious struggles getting in the end zone. Defensively, didn't say quite as much, but said he was happy with the the football that they were playing on defense and um, stressed creating fumbles, which I thought was a little bit random, but if you're going to emphasize anything on defense, that feels like a good thing to be emphasizing. I think he could have um, emphasized tackling a little bit more, but uh, he's looking for the defense to create more fumbles. Not a whole lot to take out of it. The the Houston prep and Houston questions only consumed about the last third of the press conference. Usually it's a little bit more, but um, I'm really encouraged that, that our team's healthy. Um, Andy or anybody else, any any press conference takes from Sark? Well, do you feel optimistic that Texas will be able to correct their red zone issues or you still just want to see or what's your thoughts on that? I'm I'm kind of not. I'm kind of not. Because we've seen we've seen failure in the red zone in different ways. We've seen our regular base offense just not create points. And we've also seen goal line stands where we bring in one or two defensive linemen to make a run play get half a yard that have been stuffed so it's kind of both scheme and physicality I I don't think it could be much worse with 
our offense's potential, but we'll see on that one. <laughs> There's a lot of football to be played. Maybe it'll change, but I'm I'm just not sure on that one. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know this. I heard this from someone um, who I trust, but um, Sark supposedly like he has had issues in the red zone um, before Texas, uh, Alabama, supposedly with all their talent that they had still had some issues with the red zone and weren't as efficient as they could be. I hope it gets corrected because I just don't think we can reach our full potential if it doesn't, but we'll see. Um, And, you know, Houston this weekend, I think will allow us the opportunity um, to potentially fix our woes in the, in the red zone Uh, defensively. They're not super great, but we'll dive into that in just a second. Um, just looking as a whole uh, for Houston, they're three and three on the year, um, one and two in the conference with an exciting Hail Mary play on Thursday. Did any of y'all watch that live last week? I didn't. I saw the replay. <laughs> I saw that. It was crazy. Yeah, it was super wild. I, I was I was watching the game and I was like, oh my gosh, Houston just totally choked this game away. They dropped an interception with like five minutes left. And if they would have caught that, they would have won by like 10 plus. But they dropped it. West Virginia came back. And then, yeah, miraculously threw that um, Hail Mary. What was it? Like 45, 50 yards and caught it. And great win for Houston. Really bad loss for West Virginia, in my opinion. But yeah, uh, they're three and three, one and two in conference. And Dana Holgerson is our coach. Y'all might remember him as being the coach at West Virginia. Um, 91 and 64 overall. He spent eight years at West Virginia and he had a four and three record against Texas. So he's definitely coached well against us. Now his coaching successes came against uh, Charlie Strong and Tom Herman. So take it with a grain of salt, but I guess with against Mac too, he, it was at the end of the Mac era as well. So got to give him credit where credit's due, but their offense is led by Donathan Smith. He was the quarterback at Texas tech last year that when they beat us. Um, and if y'all remember tech converted like what, six or seven fourth downs, it seemed like um, he was, he used his legs effectively and so hopefully there's that's not a repeat uh, this year as it was last year. This Houston team and the supporting cast is not as experienced, talented as that tech team last year. So that leaves me a little more optimistic. But yeah, he throws the ball pretty well. He's averaging like nearly 270 yards a game um, on 66% uh, completion percentage. So he's doing a good job uh, spreading the ball around. But at the same time, I just don't think um, the teams that they've played have not been super great. And they've, even though those stats are impressive, they've had struggles on offense, um, just not being able to convert the opportunities that they've had. But one interesting thing that I saw was he has the most carries on the team um, for the season. So, yeah. So, this weekend, just be mindful that I I would think Holgerson's going to run him a lot this weekend, especially seeing what Gabriel did against Texas a couple weeks ago. 
Um, He's going to get spied 100%. I would bet my house on it. Big, big night for Anthony Hill is what I'm hearing. Or big afternoon for Anthony Hill. Yeah, I think so too. And I mean, Houston's giving up two and a half sacks a game this year. I I saw that. He's been sacked 15 times. So I think um, I think that Texas will get more than two and a half sacks just based on our defensive line. And Houston's offensive line is not very big. Um, they're not very talented. They actually have a couple of Texas transfers um, from the past that did not even make uh, the two deep at Texas. So um, we'll we'll see if they can play just a great game on Saturday, but. Odds are, I think Texas will be able to get pressure on the quarterback. Um, looking at the running game, I, I'm i not really too concerned. They're kind of averaging like five yards a carry for their running backs, which is fine, but not, not great um, in college football. I just don't think their running backs are going to kill Texas. I could be wrong, but I would just be surprised if Holgerson really kind of lines up and just tries to pound the rock against Texas because I think that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Just a a quick bit there. Although we gave up a lot of yards on the ground, it was mostly Dylan Gabriel against OU. And I don't think they had a running back that was averaging over three yards a carry in the Texas OU game. So our our rushing defense is still pretty legit. Yeah, it is. And if we play against OU again in in the Big 12 championship, I really think we will do a lot better job of um you know watching the quarterback run but hopefully we get there we'll see over the next six six games if we can get there but i really do like the receivers for um houston matthew golden was originally um committed to texas at one point switched late in the process to houston um he's done really well man jack he had a really good game against West Virginia and Samuel Brown. Um, he leads the team with catches and in, uh, in yards for the team, but they're all kind of dynamic receivers that will, de- they will definitely put our secondary to test, but I think, I don't know, just schematically with Houston, not being able to run the ball super effectively, I think we'll put a, a lot of emphasis on their passing attack and, I think we'll be able to match up with their receivers. Kev, are you nervous about their passing attack, or how are you feeling? Yes, but mostly because of dysfunction in our secondary. Um, There's a lot of teams that have great athletes outside, so it won't be, you know, an uncommon threat, and I think that's our weakness on defense. So they'll they'll score some points, but, you know, I don't don't think it's going to, swing the game yeah i agree i agree for sure then defensively they're giving up 32 points a game that's not very good they're giving up more points and than what they're scoring on average uh which is obviously not a recipe for success uh but they are very opportunistic um which that did not go well for us against ou with ou getting three turnovers um in our game a couple weeks ago so they have gone 10 turnovers on the season, close to two turnovers a game. So this will be a good test for Quinn, for running backs, whatever, uh, you know, take good care of the ball. And if we do, I think that will uh, definitely bode well for us. But they're giving up 160 yards uh, on the ground, which was similar to what Baylor was giving up when we played them 
and we saw what we did against Baylor. So watch out for Jonathan Brooks for having, um, I think he will have another good game. And then lastly, uh, on their defense, they're giving up like 270 yards over um, uh, through the air. So I I think Quinn should be able to pass the ball pretty well. And West Virginia was actually moving the ball pretty well through the air on uh, their game on Thursday. But Kev, I don't know if you've seen their special teams, but I will go on a limb and say this is the best special teams that we will play return-wise. Um they're Matthew Golden, who I mentioned earlier, one of their good receivers. Um, he is an electric returner, and he's already had two touchdowns on the year. Interesting. I was going to – I thought you were going to say the worst. I hadn't seen that stat, but I did see their field goal kicker. Their field goal kicker is only 50% on the season. Yikes. <laughs> good and bad there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I guess maybe I should rephrase that and just say – the best return team that we'll face this year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, that, that ends it for our prep on Houston. I think Texas has a lot of advantages and I, if Houston's going to win this game, it will take Texas really imploding on themselves, but, but it'll take us a bit, uh, to betting corner and um, excited to hear what y'all's bets are this week. Thanks Andy, man. I would really hate to see a Texas implosion. So we're going to try to get, that negative energy out in this segment of betting corner. Um, just a quick reta- recap. It's been a couple weeks since we intervened or last, um, last chatted. We also took a bye week on the betting corner last week, just to give us all a, a little break. And that's a, um, a hint at the standings. Okay. So folks, we're going to go through the standings. We're going to take a little, um, little pause halfway through. Um, Jake's in first place. He was the only one that was in the positive yesterday he is crushing the rest of us i'm followed slightly closely behind you can't really say it's that closely behind um but i'm in second and in last place we're skipping third we're last place is andy um he's at minus 25 units for the year with minus 5.6 last week which was a another tough performance but in third place was a really, really, really rough performance by our friend Kevin with a perfect P on the week. We're going to give the floor to Kevin really quickly just to um, – he had some words that he wanted to share with some of the listeners out there. Um, so, Kevin, I will uh, I'll give you the floor. Yeah, so um, I think this is a – it's a nice statement for us to make to our society that gambling is potentially dangerous. Uh, there is help available. Uh, SAM HSA has a national helpline if you're addicted to gambling and struggling like Andy and I are. That's 1-800-662-4357. Give them a call, 1-800-662-4357 if you're struggling like we are. Um, And also, screw rice, dude. I had (laughs) seven (laughs) units on rice to cover by three points against a winless Yukon. And they got the doors blown off of them. Like that has lowered my confidence a lot. Like it's <laughs> it's hard to see any line now and think that I have an angle on it. And I will be taking revenge on Rice uh, in this segment in here in a few minutes. <laughs> nice. And that's that's a great preview. I just wanted to say I've got to stop putting Texas in my parlays. 
that's that's the that's the biggest mistake I've made because if I hadn't put Texas in that parlay last last week, I would I would have I would be up like twenty units in the green right now. It's true. I'm glad it's you true. Are. Well, <laughs> another week, another opportunity to make some money, folks. Um, I feel good. I feel like you know we're re- well rested after a bye week. I think we're seeing the numbers better, so I think I think we're gonna have a good week ahead of us. Um, going into the Texas, uh, Houston game, we are twenty three point favorites on the road against the Cougs. Uh, over under the total is sixty one and a half. So Vegas expects a high scoring game. Um, just some on this on the season statistics with Texas and Houston, we're just three and three against the spread, or two and four on the total. Houston is also three and three against the spread, and they're four and two on the total. So it's really, you know, I feel like it's pretty, pretty well balanced. No, no real, real takeaways there. Um, so with that, we'll go into the Texas game. If any of us are brave enough to touch it, I for one am not. And then we'll go elsewhere around the league. If you don't have a Texas bet, maybe you can share a couple good locks of the week around elsewhere around the league. Um, but yeah, we'll open it up on the Texas game. I can't recall if any of you guys have anything on the Texas game. Um, does anyone have any bets this week? I, I don't, but I'm curious if you can find odds on an anytime touchdown for CJ Baxter. But that line, Ooh. absolutely not. I'm not touching that. Got it. Yeah, the player props don't come out until later in the week, Kev, but I can definitely check check on that like on Friday, early Saturday. Happy to do that. I'm, I might take that later in the week, but this line is is absurd. And and yeah, next. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 thank you on Texas. I'll, I'll go in on some of the others though. Um, I, I do think we are going to cover it, but yeah, I'm tired of betting on Texas covers and it killing my parlays. So, um, yeah, I, you know, last year, I keep going back to this last year, I guess Tennessee was going to be good preseason. I kind of rode that out this season until Hendon Hooker's ACL injury made a lot of money off of it until I didn't. Alabama is turning the tide right now. Alabama is going to finish the season very strongly. They are miles ahead of this year's Tennessee team, in my opinion. And I've got four units on Alabama covering eight and a half. I believe it's at Tennessee. Um, No, it's at Bama. Oh, it's it's in Tuscaloosa. Even better, even better. Um, So (laughs) in uh, Tuscaloosa. So that's what I'm feeling. And I'm also going to throw one unit on Alabama to win the Natty at plus 1500 on my future wow. bet. Wow. I like the odds. I, like the odds. I have the same yet? bet on Texas to win it. And I, <laughs> <laughs> I just, hey, the, the, the better Alabama looks, the better it is for us because they can't jump us. <laughs> You're right. Feed the kids. Alright, Kev, you want to go next? You gave us a little bit of a teaser, but um, what are you liking? Big, big time teaser. Um, Rice, I've lost a lot of money on Rice, and I'm I'm betting against them basically the rest of the season. They're playing at Tulsa. I think they're both three and three teams. Tulsa's favored by three, and I'm putting two units on Tulsa to cover. I checked that it was on TV. I will be watching this game and rooting very hard. Um, and, yeah, I don't know if I'll make it back into the positive this season, but I will take out my revenge on Rice. <laughs> what What was that phone number again? <laughs> 1-800-662-4357.
call them one eight hundred six six two four three five seven. Also, um, for all his... you revenge gamblers out there. <laughs> <laughs> also, an, another game that that I like is Utah is playing USC. USC is favored by a few, and I like Utah money line. I'm putting two units on that. Ooh. Okay. Good deal. I like that bet. I almost did it too. That was a good one. Which yeah, means we're both nice. gonna lose. Yeah, 1-800-662 <laughs> uh, I'll go next before I uh, hand it off to Andy to close us out on this segment um, The yeah I haven't been winning much but what has been winning has been these three leg money line favorite parlays that I've been just stringing together um, to get me like a plus 100 and I'm going to continue that trend this week um, this week I'm doing a little three leg money line I'm calling this the Bible Belt parlay. I got two. I got two units on Bama, Ole Miss, and Georgia Tech all covering. Or sorry, all money line. So that's that comes out to plus one sixty nine. So cool plus money on that. Um, I, yeah, I can't sweat these spreads on these parlays anymore. So we're gonna go with that. And then I think Michigan looks really good. They're playing Michigan State this week. I'm putting two units on them covering. Um, twenty four points. It's a lot of points to cover, but. Um, yeah, Michigan just looks really, really good and their defense is insane. So yeah, feeling good about that. Yeah, they're looking great and Michigan State is definitely not. So I like that bet, Bo. Um, so guys, as we all know, the losses have been mounting up for me this season and it's been tough to watch. It's been tough to endure. And I made a vow to myself that I will not lose this week. And the only way to guarantee that I won't lose this week is to make a 10-unit future bet. So that is what I did. So by the end of next week, you can say, finally, that I'm not a loser this year. And so I'm going to take that and and run with it. I'm going to go with a 10-unit bet on this. So the divisional or the end of the NFL regular season is the day before the national championship. So a rule that we have is he cannot make a bet that will end after the national championship. So I'm going to be good on that. And the Eagles chiefs lions and the 49ers, I do not see any way that they don't win their divisions. So I'm going to place 10 units on that parlay for them to win the division, which is like comes out to like plus 100 odds, roughly uh, depending on the website. I don't think, the website that we use don't they don't have odds out just yet, but yeah, I'm just gonna go with that. It's I I feel like it's pretty safe. It's even safer than my other parlay that I made this year that will hit later on. And um, <laughs> yeah, I I just feel good about it. It will be a nice payday at the end of the year. Wow, I'm speechless. That's threatening. I, I mean, I'm gonna you... lose. I hope you hit it. I hope you win it and you still lose me by a unit. That would be the best. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Andy's cashing in his uh his lotto ticket. So I, I like the I like the play. I like hey, that. I, I think that's a perfect a perfect time for the phone number just one final time. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's there's I've definitely been a lot like of five times. Yeah, there's definitely been a lot of phone number um uh call outs this this segment i think another one definitely could have been when andy was saying the only way to not lose money is to place a futures bet versus 
or just not placing any bets. So. <laughs> I ain't no quitter. <laughs> Shows where our heads are at, but yeah, no, I, I like these guys. I, I really am optimistic about this week on both in both in the Texas game. I like that we're not putting anything on it. You know, we'll go in just with with our hearts and not with our wallets. So I'm feeling good about that. And I'll I'll make sure to get these bets in and hope to make some money this week. Sweet. Do y'all want to give a quick prediction on what you think the score is since nobody put any money on it for this week? Let's go with Andy first. Sure. Um I I don't think we will cover. Um, so I'm gonna go 38-17. So Bowen. I think 35-21. Wow. Kevin, I'm gonna go forty to twenty-eight. Wow, y'all, y'all, oh, y'all no, 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 uh, no confidence in the defense. See, I, I feel, I feel like this is our shutout game of the year. Thirty-five-zero, Texas. Wow, dude, that would be wow. so, yeah. so nice. That'd Take it nice. to the bank or don't, because we didn't. Yeah, don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you all for listening. Um, that was a fun one. We'll uh we'll be back we'll be back each and every week throughout the regular season. Um, thank you for listening, and we'll catch you on the next football in the forty. Welcome. <laughs>